successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM KMBZ. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us today on the radio or if you're listening via podcast on iTunes today. Or if you're joining us on our website, GrillNationShow.com. It's great to be back with you this week. We have a fun show. And before we get to our first guest today, I want to thank our partners and supporters of the show. Title sponsors of the Grill Nation show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. Contributors of the Grill Nation show include the KCADC, Kansas City Area Development Council, Brian Sarf with True Wealth and Company, and the Rieger, NJ Rieger & Co. Uh, on today's show, we're going to start off talking about startups and all the fun stuff going on, and we'll, in our final two segments, we'll we'll switch up to sports with a, a local sportscaster coming in after after our first two guests today. I'm joined today by Matthew Marcus and Lauren Conaway from the Kansas City Startup Foundation. Their website is KansasCityStartupFoundation.org. Uh, you might have heard of heard of them before. You might have heard of Startland News. You might have heard of all these great things happening in Kansas City with startups. I wanted to welcome you guys to the show today. How are you? It's great to have you. Thank you. We're I, I'm stoked to be back. I haven't seen you in the studio for a while. I know we were uh, so when we first started the show. You were like a regular guest. Man, you remember the local ruckus days? Those, <laughs> those were the wild and crazy days. I wasn't even there, and I, I think, remember the local ruckus days. I think Matthew has been on uh, probably at least four to five shows yeah, at this point. I think but you so. haven't been wow. on for at least four years. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm excited to share some. Well, we're we're excited so, to so, share. So some first of off, <laughs> tell our guests who you guys are. Let's start with you. Sure. Uh, so Matthew Marcus, uh, I'm the director of engagement with the Kansas City Startup Foundation. So really working to try to engage the community as much as possible, working with partners uh, and the like. Um, and you've been involved in the startup ecosystem for quite a while here in Kansas City? Yeah. Founded your own company, started Startup Village, done all kinds of things with Google Fiber over, over the years. You got it. You know it. You yeah. know my story. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You've kind, you kind of been a community builder for a long time in this sector. Yeah. It just kind of happened. You know, you know, the universe painted it that way, and it's been real exciting. And, and a media darling, too. Been uh, in every, that too. Have you been in I have a face yet? for radio, everyone tells me. Right? <laughs> and Lauren, how about you? How'd you get connected to uh, Matthew and to uh, Kansas City Startup Foundation? Well, I think it was um, great fortune. Um, you know, I love KC and I love the Kansas City Startup Foundation. Um, so I am director of operations for the Kansas City Startup Foundation. And um, I've been active in the startup community for, for years, just volunteering at events and attending and meeting people. And I saw an opportunity come available with KC Startup Foundation, and, of course, I had to hop right on it. So. Yeah, right. So you've been there over a year now, huh? Uh, yeah, actually, almost two. Two years, okay. I know. We got, we got <laughs> really lucky when Lauren came around to join our team. Like, we were, in a, we were in a situation where we needed to grow quickly because we were trying to tackle a lot of things. In fact, we were trying to uh, put together the startup crawl and one-week KC, 
And it was like, <laughs> oh, my God, we need help. And Lauren was like the angel that came and saved the day. So, it, it was kind of trial by fire. It was definitely. It was awesome. It was fun. So what, So talk to us about kind of the we'll get into the foundation in, in segment two. We have a long segment. Talk to us about kind of what you've seen, Matthew, with the startup world in Kansas City. You've been around for quite a while now. Yes. And I, and I kind of was involved really early on yeah, with you, the radio show. And uh, I felt like we were kind of now a lot of people know about it, right? Yeah. There, the, there's all kinds of mainstream coverage of startups and entrepreneurship in Kansas City. Uh, but back then there wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it really, there was nothing. There, yeah. I mean, when I, so I grew up in Kansas City, kind of left, traveled, lived around. And when I came back to KC, I didn't even really know there was a startup community. And, you know, happenstance, looked up on meetup.com, found some sort of startup and Stogie's event that was non-existent anymore, but ended up going to Venture Fridays, met Adam. And it was just like, all of a sudden I realized that there was this awesome community yeah. that I didn't even know existed when I was living here. And like you said, I mean, you were part of it. There were others like OGs that had been a part of it for <laughs> two, three, four, five years beforehand. And they just kind of said, here's what's happening. Come to these events. So I started showing up and I was like, this is like my tribe. This yeah. is just fantastic. And as you said, I mean, fast forward, you know, that for me, that was six years ago. Fast forward to today and it's night and day. Is it, it night and day? It, yeah. it really, I mean, you can't paint it more than night and day, really. Well, I want you guys to talk about that, Lauren. I mean, talk to me about the changes. Someone who's kind of been involved from afar, but hasn't really been on the ground, like at all the startup crawls and all the events that uh, Matthew was talking about, you know, the one week KCs, the the uh, global entrepreneurship weeks. I mean, what what has changed over the last few years? Because I think people are, are trying to see what's next, but also looking back at where we've come. I mean, mm -hmm. how, how have things changed in your opinion? Well, so I think that uh, from what I've seen and what I've noticed, it's been really interesting to watch the evolution of the startup community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Marcus was talking about the, the OGs, you know, the people who've been around since forever. He's one of them. You're one of them. But we, we still see those people. You know, it's a very tight-knit community. And we all kind of support each other. But what's interesting is you see this influx of new energy and new people. Um, and what's great is the OGs are making it easier for those who can't, who come after mm -hmm. because they have the opportunity to kind of invest back into the community, put in their time and their enthusiasm, enthusiasm and their passion. Um, so it's really awesome to see um, just kind of this self-perpetuating cycle that happens in the startup community, like businesses start and grow and, and then, um, you know, the, the founders get to turn their energy and attention backwards to, to help those that are coming after. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> You've seen a lot of growth, Matthew. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Lauren painted it really well. It's very cyclical. I mean, Kauffman Foundation has this, this equation, if you will, people, people plus culture equals everything. Mm -hmm. And really, everything could be community. And, you know, it, the community, can't see startup community, is all about the people. Um, and the more that we can see get involved, that's why we're so active in what we do because we want every curious citizen, we want every corporate leader, you know, every educational leader to be a part of this thing because together we are the community and we're helping to, to lift it up and elevate it. We're going to get into what you guys do, uh, after the break, but just give us a, uh, we'll get into a little bit of the Kansas City Startup Foundation now and your mission statement is to cultivate a thriving and inclusive entrepreneurial ecosystem in Kansas City. Uh, we'll get into your vision and core values, but just kind of take us through just in this last minute, you know, where you guys are, uh, what you do. You know, I know you're a uh, nonprofit. Is that correct? That's right. Talk yeah. to us about that and how that all works. Yeah, I'll just give a quick short backstory just so everyone can see the evolution. You know, you mentioned the Kansas City Startup Village earlier. So mm -hmm. that was something that serendipitously, you know, kind of came to be back in 2012. 
Uh, it was just when Kansas City's startup community was really starting to take shape and really starting to. Man, we were young back then. Spur- oh my gosh, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, seven years ago. If there was a camera here, would look at the wrinkles <laughs> in her eyes, the bags. Uh, all well worth I, it, I though. Think I think Marcus had hair back then. He had curly hair. No. <laughs> but, it, but it's crazy. It's been seven years. No, yeah, it's nuts. Um, but, you know, when we were doing the village, we realized at that time, like, it was a really cool thing, but it wasn't sustainable unless we had official capacity behind it. So we started the Kansas City Startup Foundation with the original intent of just supporting the village. And then it was like, hold on, there's this whole thing happening throughout the city. Let's just start to kind of build and cultivate that thing. And honestly, you know, those of us that started the foundation, we didn't know what we were getting into. None of us were seasoned non-profiteers or anything like that, but mm-hmm. it just felt right. Um, and thankfully, we had a lot of good uh, advice and, and kind of mentorship along the way to kind of help us cultivate this thing. And, you know, you fast forward to today and now we've got a true, you know, eight person nonprofit mm. um, with programs and services and, you know, ba- and partners that are really believing in the mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're doing everything we can from storytelling to putting on experiences to education redesign uh, that's that's taking this community to the next level. And it's the long term view, mm-hmm. like a lot of people you know, especially today in, in today's age, like they want fast results. They want to see immediate results. It's the now generation. And you've got to look at that long term. And we're seeing we're seeing growth. that. Yeah. Well, we're going to get more into that after the break. We're talking about the Kansas City Startup Foundation here on the Grill Nation show. We're right back. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill, your host. Thanks for listening on 980 AM. And if you're on iTunes, we appreciate that as well via podcast. I am with, again, Matthew Marcus and Lauren Conaway from the Kansas City Startup Foundation. Their website is kcstartupfoundation.org. It is committed to building a vibrant ecosystem in Kansas City. And their mission is to cultivate an inclusive and thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem in our town. Lauren, we were talking uh, during the break about... um, ecosystem development. I want you to kind of comment on that because I think that's something that people really quite don't quite understand what that means. I know you do. So yeah. tell us. Well, so um, it's really interesting because people always ask us, what, what do you do at the Kansas City Startup Foundation? And, you know, we are ecosystem builders and developers here in Kansas City. And so people are always like, well, are you a biologist? Are you working with jungles? And it's like, no, <laughs> no. Um, so we see the startup and entrepreneurial ecosystem in Kansas city as not just existing, um, for entrepreneurs, but for these key stakeholder groups that all have to work together in symbiotic kind of ways in order for entrepreneurs to succeed. Mm -hmm. So for instance, your entrepreneurs need investors, um, entrepreneurs need government that is supportive and that enacts supportive policies, you know, education, becomes a site for workforce development. It becomes a talent pipeline for startups. And so all of these disparate groups that don't often talk to each other, um, this is what we do is we try to bring them together and we try to get them out of their silos and we try to get them interacting and coming to understanding so that entrepreneurs and startups can succeed because they have a stronger foundation. Mm. Yeah, that's very interesting. And one of the ways you guys, and you, you said people want to know what we do. I went to your website, Kansas City Startup Foundation, kcstartupfoundation.org, excuse me. You list out all your programs. And um, one of them that you do is storytelling, 
Uh, Matthew, why don't you talk about that? Because I think people have heard of Startland News. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for those that haven't, startlandnews.com is the website. So it's a digital publication uh, that basically is covering all the innovation and entrepreneurial news in Kansas City. Um, and it's, you know, it's fantastic. Like they cover all of the, you know, what fun covering a ton of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's it, such a void. Yeah. It's it, being covered. It really yeah. was. I mean, there was a time in, when Silicon Prairie News, some of you guys might remember them. They were really entrenched in Kansas City and then they kind of had a, a restructure and, and it left this, you know, this gap, this opening in Kansas City. And, and we just kind of, again, as entrepreneurs do, we didn't know what we were doing. We just jumped in and said, let's start this thing out. And three years later, you know, we've got a team of three that just, I, you know, we're amazed at how many stories they're able to cover for a team of three and all the things they're able to do. But let's give them a shout out. Who are they? Yeah, That's absolutely. True. I love it. Uh, so we got Tommy Feltz. He's editor in chief. Uh, we've got Austin Barnes, who's a senior uh, reporter. And then we got Alyssa Besner, who's a reporter as well. Very cool. Um, yeah. So it's team of three, just crushing it. And starlandnews.com if you want to check it out. Yeah. So and you I can and also get, uh, subscribe to the, the reports every day. Yeah, the digest. There's a timely one. I think it goes out three times a week, and there's a weekly one for those that want less email once a week. But literally, like, it is the place to go if you want if if you want to know what's going on in this ecosystem. Whether it's what are the corporations doing, what startups have gotten funded. You know, you get the whole thing. What's happening in education? Um, it's it's just it's the place to land. Really, it Absolutely. is. It definitely is. So you guys also do a lot with education uh, and educational redesign. Lauren, why don't you talk to us about that? Uh, because if you go to your website, you can learn more, but I want to hear about it here. Yeah, so um, KCS, KCSF EDU is our educational arm. And um, it started with Mecca Challenge. Mecca stands for Most Entrepreneurial Community in America. That is a one-day innovation competition that we put on where we, um, we go out, we bring high schoolers in, break them into teams. We pair each team with an entrepreneur from the community, and then we ask them to solve a real-world problem. And so we're asking them to think collaboratively. We're asking them to think creatively and resourcefully and utilize what we call the entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we did that for, I think, since like 2013. Um, but, you know, we've gotten that down to a science, and we love doing that. But we kind of took a step back, and we realized that, you know, this is one day and it's an awesome day and it can be transformative for these kids, but how do we increase our impact? So we actually, um, a while back, we hired a director of education, Katie Kimbrell. Um, she's a lean lab fellow. She's, um, kind of an, an innovator in her own right Mm -hmm. is really into design thinking and, um, those kinds of methodologies. So we, we brought her on the team and we asked her to come up with programming, Um, you know, the question that we want to answer is how do you teach educators how to teach innovation and an entrepreneurial mindset? And so Katie does a lot of work offering professional development to educators to do that. Um, So that, that's kind of what we do in education. We call that educational redesign, just Mm -hmm. offering educators resources and offering students opportunities to think like an entrepreneur. That's amazing. And not only do you guys offer that educational redesign and also Storytelling and news, you also do a lot of events and experience. Uh, Marcus, why don't you talk to us about that? I know you have a ton of different things you all do. You mentioned the Startup Crawl right off the top. Yeah, yeah, Startup Crawl, we do that annually in the fall. Um, Now, what is that? So that's a one-night tour of Kansas City startups and uh, kind of just the community in general. It's morphed over the years. We now uh, host it in the crossroads on a first Friday. Mm. So we get tons of activity and lots (laughs) of action. And and Lauren was the mastermind for for this last year's uh, crawl and it was fantastic and we had 600 plus people coming in learning about the startups you know having food drinks hearing music and it's just a 
it's kind of a celebration um, yeah. and a, just a way to bring community together. Um, and then we just had, you know, another experience we had is the Startups to Watch. Um, so that's a annual list of startups that are likely to make news um, in the coming year. And so we like to have a celebration event to honor them. And we just, uh, H&R Block came together with us and helped us put that on at the Copenhagen stage. We had almost <coughs> 300 people. Oh, look at you. Uh, it was great, man. I mean, it's one year I was on that list with Sock 101. Yeah, you were, man. Back in the day. Yeah. Now exited that company. You yeah, that, right? Congrats. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. School now, look, sock, what's right? The, what's, School the, what's the next big thing? We got to come up with something. Maybe I need to come to that meeting and meet all those 300 people that were in the crowd. And I have no doubt you will come up with something. <laughs> you just need to find a time, bro. You are yeah, so busy. Yeah, yeah. So you guys did that. That was cool. I saw that on the website. And then all kinds of other events. You mentioned the... Uh, Mecca Challenge. Mecca Challenge, yeah, that's an education experience. We also have the Innovation Exchange, so that's kind of a Startland News-related uh, event. We do those monthly. Um, definitely check out startlandnews.com, and you can see when the next one is. We'll have one later this month. Um, and that's basically just a chance to bring kind of the news to life. So Startland News covering a lot of news topics, mm -hmm. but how do we get the community and the newsmakers in the same room so that you know we can just have a conversation about what's being said, what's happening, you know, again, food, drink, uh, we host it. You a have lot fun. Of we know how to it's celebrate. Fun. Yeah. You have fun, you, you educate, you celebrate, you, you share the news. Yeah. Uh, there's never, there's never tears. You see back companies, you do a uh, startup Casey Explore. There's all kinds of things. Going yeah, on. man. Oh, yeah. So we also much. have a mayoral forum coming oh, up yeah. for small business and entrepreneurship. Oh, really? Um, February 26th at PlexPod. It's going to be um, us and Project United Knowledge bringing together the candidates to Talk about it's very issues. Important. That, and that, one of the yeah. things you did you did mention briefly was government and <clears throat> what impact they can have on startups, young companies. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm glad to see that you guys are engaged with local and state issues. As yeah, far, yeah, as long as national too. Definitely join that event if you're able to. What was the date on that one? Again? February 26th. Awesome. Is there <clears throat> how can it's it's flex pod. There is um, there's an event up on Eventbrite and our Facebook page. Very cool. And what is the what? It, so you're on you're on Twitter. Are you mm -hmm. on? What, oh what, yeah, we're we're on Instagram, we're on KC, Twitter, KC, we're everywhere. SF? No, Casey Startup FDN. FDN, okay. Uh, on a lot of this, on a lot of the all of this is up on your website at KCStartupFoundation.org. You also mentioned you have a lot of partners. Let's talk about them. Yes, people that help you guys get going here. Absolutely. So we would not be where we are today without these partners. Absolutely. Um, one that I just want to give a big shout out to right away is uh, Affinity Worldwide. Uh, they came in four or five years ago when this was young, when this was unproven, and they just believed in us. Mike, um, Mike Ren and Becky Cole helped lead that organization, and they saw what we were putting together, and they said, you know what? We want to see a Kansas City that is what we envisioned for our daughters, and you guys are helping to build that. So they have been um, supporting us and partnering with, with us over the years. Uh, and then what we've kind of shifted into is this kind of annual partnership because we realized that you know all these different – organizations wanted to support our work and when we would go to them with these one-offs it was really challenging for their budget their time oh, yeah. uh, because they'd already scheduled things out and so now we have these annual partners uh, that really help us out uh, we've got coffin foundation of course based here in kansas city they do a lot with us uh, hush blackwell's on board and helping us out we've got startups like full scale um, who are helping us out banks uh, mbkc bank who's um who's really getting heavy into the the startup community with their own fintech accelerator and and all those types of things, and I, I know I'm not listing to, them all out. But to just get everyone on board here, you guys. <laughs> you know, if you if you I'm want looking at your board of directors too, it's pretty stout, and you got a, a good team. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a real thing. Like we've, we, we've adulted, you know. I mean, I remember the, the first day around the board, you know, the, the quote unquote boardroom table. I'm like, what are we going to do? What's our mission and vision? It was just kind of a ragtag team, and now it's like we're getting there. You guys have been a lot of good stuff, and and you go to your website, you can see all of those people that have helped out and that are involved. We've got about a minute left, and what do you guys want to see moving forward? How do you want to see this ecosystem grow um, as people that are in the in the game each and every day? Well, you, you go first. Well, you, I, I, you, I want to hear our director wave, of engagement. If you could wave your magic wand, <laughs> what would you want to see? Uh, I want so all right. Wave my magic magic wand. Um, I think we're on. We're tracking well, right? So again, Brad Feld will be the first one to say you got to continue to have a twenty year vision. You're always pushing out. You're always thinking where this thing's going. Um, I love seeing more and more new faces at the events that we go to that either we're putting on or other um, ecosystem building organizations are putting on. So I think we're tracking well there. Uh, one thing I would like to see more of, so uh, corporate involvement. Um, I mentioned a few H&R Blocks getting involved. we got NBKC Bank and some others, but there's always room for more corporate support. And and what I would express if they're listening out there, they are listening, um, is it's not a, a, a sum-zero game, not a net-zero game. Um, everyone can win by participating in this thing. And I promise you, there won't be a, a you know a brain drain from your organization by getting involved. So, uh, if you're a corporate leader, reach out to us, and we will find a, an awesome way to partner with you. Lauren, we kind of ran out of time. Do you have any quick things you want to say, Mark, or did Matthew cover it? Yeah, I, I think he pretty much covered it. He's a super smart guy. Way to yes, go! No, come on, you got Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Marcus, Lauren Conaway, Casey Startup Foundation, CaseyStartupFoundation.org. Check them out. They're doing awesome stuff. Thanks for coming on the Grill Nation show today. Thanks for having Thank us. You. It's been awesome. We'll be right back after the break. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM KMBZ and on iTunes via podcast and at the website grillnationshow.com where I'm going to post photos of our guests and all of our uh, podcasts from all of our shows are there. If you want to check out any of our old shows, you can also connect with me on social media. Just search for at Jason Grill on Twitter or at Grill Nation Show. I'm also on other social medias. Just search for my name. We'd love to connect with you and I appreciate you following us each and every week. Hope you enjoyed the first two segments of the show. In our third segment, we're going to take things in a little opposite direction with a guest that uh, we've been trying to connect for uh, a while now to have him on the show. Brad Porter, who is a local <laughs> sportscaster, anchor, radio show host. He's he's done a lot here in Kansas City. His Twitter is at Brad Porter. Uh, Brad, uh, welcome oh, to the no, show. It's, it's at Brad K. Porter. At Brad K. Porter. There's two, apparently, there's a uh, hundred Brad Porters in, around see, the world. See, I'm getting so. old now, Brad. I'm having to like, move closer and closer <laughs> to see the K there. But yeah, Brad K. Porter on Twitter. He tweets a lot about everything sports locally and uh, nationally. So, so Brad, tell us about yourself. I know you've been in this industry for quite a while. Every, yeah. every boy's dream is to be a... Uh, do what you did. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I lost. I lost track of it somewhere when politics got in the way. But at one point, I was in my parents' basement, uh, uh, make believing a KUMU basketball sure. game with my best friend back then, and on the uh, cassette tape, and then you going down the runway with Anthony Peeler and Doug Smith and those guys. <laughs> but uh, you actually made a career out of it. Tell us about your life and kind of where you are today. Yeah, I've been uh, doing it for 25 years now. I started out in radio. I was an intern for Don Fortune. Okay, at yes. 980. And uh, then eventually got hired as the nighttime show producer, and then I got to fill in 
on Royals postgame shows when they were on the West Coast, and nobody wanted to do that midnight mm. postgame show. Yeah, so uh, it's I a kinda, late night. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I didn't care. I was, I don't know, twenty one, twenty, whatever I was at the time. But I got some great advice. I went to a sportscasters camp before I got the internship, and Kevin Harlan was there. Oh wow, uh, Kansas City superstar. Um, he just did the Super Bowl on radio for the I think the ninth straight year. And one of the pieces of advice he gave me was, tell him you'll work for free. And I said, okay. So I went to 980, and I said, I'll work for free. And there's another story involved with it. And um, But eventually, uh, they said, well, you need an internship uh, application from your college. And my professor would not sign it because I didn't have enough hours. And I called them back, and I said, well... I just, I'll, I'll work for free. And they said, well, that technically that's illegal. We can't let you do that. <laughs> and a couple of weeks later, the program director, Mike Elder, who is a, a radio legend in the programming business, called me back and he said, are you serious? You'll work for free? And I said, yes. And he goes, can you do it without telling anybody about it? <laughs> I said, sure. <laughs> and then we were off and running. And then three years later, um, a channel called Metro Sports started. It's called something else now. but um, And I don't know what their current state is, but I was there for 20 years. And then 20 years, massive round of layoffs when they got bought out by uh, Charter and Spectrum. Charter, yeah. yeah. So now just uh, doing a little radio and bouncing around doing other things. So you 25 are. years later, <laughs> still trying to still trying to so be you, 13 you, years you, old. You, got, <laughs> you had a uh, you do radio now. I know. Yep. Um, tell us about that. I know you're on on the weekends, right? It's nights and weekends and it's it's just kind of hit and miss depending on the schedule. But it was the thing that got me started. And I still love it. Um, it's an open forum for discussion. It's not so um, structured. TV can be structured sometimes, although when I was at Metro Sports, it was not all that structured, it, <laughs> which was great. I loved it. You can ad lib and do some fun things. But radio is just a great free form area to have a discussion about anything you want, sports, business, news, politics. Yeah. Name it. So, but you don't have to wear a suit and tie every day. No. Like you used to. For no, and I did shave today, but I've, I've, I've saved a lot of money on razors the past <laughs> year after the, after the layoff. <laughs> so um, what advice do you have? I know you mentioned uh, you'd work for free, but what other advice do you have for, uh, for a person in college that wants to get into the media industry? you you got to be willing to put in the time. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to really bother me. When interns would come in and say, well, I have to leave by five or I can't be there till three. Now, if you got class, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're on your own schedule where I got to meet my friends at the you know, local watering hole, then mm-hmm. this isn't for you. You need to be willing to say, OK, I have to work till midnight. I'll be here till one. Mm-hmm. I have to work till seven. I'll be here till eight. Just put in the time and mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, that was one thing when I started, I was like. I don't want to ask questions and sound stupid. And I did have, um, at the time when I started in radio, it was, um, there were FM stations in the same building, kind of like now. Yeah. Right. And there was an FM DJ who was really intimidating and really mean to me. And so I was like, okay, I better not say anything. And finally I was like, you know, it's, it's my career. I need to take the reins here and I'm going to ask whatever I'm going to ask. So, and people are generally pretty good about it. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of funny when you have the, the sports people and the news people and the, yes. the DJs that are, I can like Scott Parks. I got yeah. he and I kind of started at the same time, and I love Scott Parks. Yeah, um, but it was that willingness to do. I mean, Scott was here at two or three in the morning to help produce the morning news, and mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you got it's, it's a lot more than just talking on the radio. It or, is or on TV, isn't it? It's a There's lot a lot of, more that goes into it, and I think people don't realize that. As, even you know, anchors. I mean, on on the network news here, 
Yeah. I mean, they're they're getting there for the ten o'clock. You know, they're there in the afternoon, but they're they're doing all their stories. They're they're finding people mm-hmm. like me that are willing to come on TV and talk about politics, or they're organizing things. You know, they're always working and they're always writing scripts. They're always writing. St- I mean, reporters and anchors and, and and radio people do more than just talk on the radio. Right. Now, I, I I play one on TV. So <laughs> I, I, I line up my guests and just let you guys do the work. But I, you I do would the talking. I would also say now that you mentioned writing scripts, please take your writing seriously mm-hmm. because if you don't, you're going to sound like you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You really have to learn how to write and do it every day. And it doesn't matter what it's about. Look out the window and write three paragraphs on what you see. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to be able to write. Because mm-hmm. I can tell watching somebody on television um, whether or not they wrote that script. And it's hard because in a, in a network newscast, there might be 57 stories because mm-hmm. they're all 20 seconds. Just boom, 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 yeah. boom. Might not write all of them. But if you're doing a really good story, you better be able to write it. Mm-hmm. Brad Porter is with us. He's on Twitter at Brad K. Porter. Brad, we're going to get into some sports stuff here in a second, but uh, what has changed kind of in your in your world? The, not not with your career, but just in the industry. I mean, you were covering the right. local teams 20 years ago. Right. I mean, um, and it, you mentioned working hard. I mean, all the interviews you got to do, all the social sure. media, now, all of the content creation. I mean, it's, it's a lot different. Content is the big thing that's changed. I remember... When I started in radio, I was producing the Jayhawk scoreboard show for KU, mm-hmm. and uh, I got a laptop, and I got, I think, AOL at the time, the dial-up, and mm-hmm. I went into the office of one of my bosses, and I'm like, hey, we really need to get the internet in the office. This is how long ago it was, and he said, yeah, we've done the feasibility studies on that, and we don't think it's we don't think it's that important to us. And I said, okay, I'll keep bringing in my laptop. You guys work off the AP wire. It's every evolution of the platforms. Whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's uh, Instagram, uh, websites, on and on and on. You have to be able to adapt to every new thing that comes along. And I've been a little bit behind the curve on some of that kind of stuff, um, but I'm trying to play catch up. Um, you know, a lot of you guys are. Joe Goldberg's is. a perfect example. Now he's like Mr. Social Media. I see he, all he, the time. He, he comes in my radio show one time. He comes on all the time, and he didn't have an Instagram page. I said, you got to get an Instagram page. Now I go on there, and he's doing videos. and Right. <laughs> he's obviously working with someone because he's learned how to do it. <laughs> I think I've posted one picture on my Instagram page. Yeah. Which but was, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter's kind of the beast in your residence. Yes. Anyways. Yeah, because it's instantaneous. It's, yeah. you know, um, the Chiefs signed so-and-so. The Royals cut so-and-so. Uh so and so is injured, not going to play this week. It has to be instantaneous. That I I remember the beginning of the Twitter universe when I was in television. Uh, one of, I went to one of my bosses and I'm like, we we have to use this technology. And he goes, No, 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 you don't understand. Our show is not until six o'clock, or our show is not until ten o'clock. That's when we break the news. I said, You're already four hours late. Yeah. Because if I don't break it, somebody else is. Mm-hmm. And we got into some heated arguments about it, but. Who are some of your favorite athletes that you've uh, interviewed or worked with over the years? <sighs> Man, in, in local, there's local so sports. many. There's, you know, we've been fortunate in Kansas City. I think when athletes come here, they adapt to our community mm-hmm. and um, just kind of our Midwestern hospitality. I've met a handful of jerks over the years, but most of the guys are pretty good. Um, I would say I'll give this to you in light of the controversy over the weekend. So Tony Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Had the video at the at the Hall of Fame and the sure. Super Bowl. Well, I he kinda, mean, he, he he for the listeners, he he promoted his time in Atlanta, right? Yes. And then he came, then he had then he did a video for the Chiefs saying, yes. "I really like my time in Kansas City yes. too." And my career was made in Atlanta, but but, I he, take, but Algie Crumpler has more yards and yes, uh, Atlanta tight end <laughs> yes. than Tony Gonzalez, my friend in Atlanta, pointed out yeah. to me. But he's one. He was one of the most 
brutally honest athletes you would ever meet. And really? when, the, when the Chiefs were really struggling when he was here, guys would duck out of the locker room fast. And that's fine. I don't think if you don't want to be there, don't be there. But Tony Gonzalez would stand there and answer every single tough question that you have. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I like, you know, Eric Hosmer, Salvador Perez, pretty likable guys, uh, answer the questions. And to me, it's, it doesn't matter if you answer the questions. It's if, if you're going to do it, then do it. If you don't want to do it, don't waste my time and yours because mm-hmm. there are athletes who do that too. See, I'm looking at it from, uh, where you still live downtown. A lot of those guys lived in the building. Oh, sure. Yeah. And how they, how they acted on the elevator, how they acted in the gym, how they sure. acted towards when you get your mail. I think most. Uh, and some of them, I mean, Kelsey, I, I'll say he was one of the nicest guys in the building. Yeah. He was nice to everyone. I, I mean, think, just uh, everybody. When you get to know the guys and you're around them a lot, you realize they're just like everybody else. Yeah. They've got either girlfriends or wives or kids or parents or, you know, things that they have to take care of. And when they come to the ballpark or they come to the stadium, that's their job. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, you doing what you do and me yeah. doing what I although they make a lot more money doing what they do because there's not a lot of people who can do it. Yeah. Um, but it's, they're pretty genuine people. Mm-hmm. And for me, the best part, the the best way to get to know the guys, and I'll use the Royals uh, specifically when you go to spring training, very, which is what a week or two away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very relaxed setting and you can just sit around and kind of shoot the breeze with guys and you don't have to be so serious all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think when you break down those barriers, it's a lot easier to have that kind of, relationship where they know okay you're the media guy you have a job to do um and i know that he's an athlete mm-hmm. or she's an athlete they have a job to do yeah it's a lot easier when you break those barriers down it doesn't have Very to be cool. so serious yes i agree <laughs> brad porter is with us we're gonna be right back after the break we're gonna talk about some current events in kansas city sports you're listening to real Life. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 AM. And if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate it via podcast. I'm Jason Grill. Joining me again for this segment is Brad Porter. He's a local anchor, uh, radio show host, and has done a lot in the sports industry here in Kansas City from behind the mic uh, and on camera. Brad, I want to talk to you about sports gambling. It's kind of become okay. a big deal uh, in the country. Uh, they're, they're talking about it. In pretty much almost all the states now, because it's it's legal. The Supreme Court said a state it's a states can actually impact and and make it legal in their state. Um, what are your thoughts about this? I know Missouri and Kansas both have bills. We've talked about that off air. I believe that they're going to pass something this session uh, before May, and you'll be able to do this for the next Super Bowl. I think <laughs> the next the next big deal. I mean, in no. August it'll become law, and then you know I can't football ima- season. <laughs> I can't imagine if the Chiefs had made the Super Bowl this last one. The missed opportunity <laughs> in terms of revenue <laughs> yeah. and taxes. So the Supreme Court verdict came down yes. uh, early last year, maybe mm-hmm. springtime, and some states right. really were ready to go. Yeah, New, New Jersey's already seen well over a billion. Yes. something crazy. Numbers. There's the month over month revenues that I've seen are just staggering in New Jersey. Yeah, and New Jersey was first to go because they had the Chris Christie had led the uh, the case to the Supreme Court. I think Delaware might have been in there as well. Mm-hmm. What I found hilarious about the whole thing is fighting against it was Major League Baseball, the National Football League, the NCAA, and I think the NBA, but the NBA was not really, they right. didn't really want to be a part of it because they they were ready to go. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the Supreme Court said, okay, 
any state can do whatever it wants in terms of gambling. The NFL signs a contract with the casino. <laughs> Major League Baseball is making their deal as well. They're all going to make their deals. And, and so, it really comes down to if they get a cut or not in the yeah, state legislation. I think, I think the dominoes began to fall when the NFL agreed to let the Raiders move to Las Vegas because that was the whole, we, we can't have a professional team in Las Vegas. It's so close to the game. Like, get, there's a guy on my street corner, or yeah. well, a guy a few blocks away. I can go call anytime I want and make yeah, a bet. Yeah, yeah, it, this is this is happening already. Yeah. So it's kind of like when uh, the marijuana thing got done in Colorado. It's like here's this big budget right revenue that we've created. Now that has different issues, but to to say that it's not that it's going to impact the athletes. I mean, there'll be checks and balances, I'm sure. Yeah. But still, like I mean, it's already happening. Right. And well, so, and that's I the mean, thing about the legal- games. The, the games aren't changing. Right. The in terms of legalizing it and keeping it legitimate, the casinos are more invested in keeping an honest game than anybody else. Mm-hmm. They don't want the gambling public to think, ooh, you know, so-and-so might be on the take, so-and-so might be on. Because they're the first to call the FBI whenever the money comes in way heavy on a game that shouldn't be because they keep all those stats. And uh, I think the um, was the Boston College one from uh, that was featured – Somewhat in Goodfellas, not so much, but the mm-hmm. Boston College scandal. When Vegas got all this money coming in on one side of a game that really didn't mean anything, they called the FBI and said something's wrong. So Vegas or the gaming industry altogether is is very interested in making sure it's on the up and up because they want the trust of the public. Yeah, they do. And, and we'll see what happens. But I, it's going to be interesting to see if this is just in the casino, if it's via app, if it's yes. at your local quick trip, if it's uh, at a place on the corner that you can make bets. I mean, if it's in the stadiums. There's oh. all these things that could happen with, with gambling in, in the United States. I have not been to – I've made a stop in England and gone to Sweden, but not – You're wearing your Liverpool I've football got, club sweater today. i Liverpool uh, sweater on. And I've been to a game there, and you can actually bet in the stadium. Like at halftime, yeah. I think I made a bet. I got really? a hot dog, a beer, and I made a bet. How how cool is that? I mean, it was awesome. And with the with the, I think it was on Fernando Torres to score a goal when, <laughs> when he was playing for us. When he was one of the best players. How did his career go with after <laughs> after he left Liverpool? Not so good, right? Right, right. With, with the the evolution of technology with cell phones and everything else, you you got to be able to do it on an app. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't ask people in Kansas City. Say I live in I live in Waldo, but say you live in Olathe, and uh, the only place it's legal is on the boats on the Missouri side. Am I going to drive 45 minutes to an hour to sit in the to, sports book to make you that might. bet? Unless you got a trip that takes you towards that way, but it can't just be in a casino. It's got to be, it's yeah. got to be a place in Brookside, place in Waldo, place in, well, depending on which side of the state line wants to move or if they both move, there should be a spot within five to 10 miles. And you should be able to do it on your phone and you should be able to do it in game. Yeah. Live betting has changed everything. Yes. And they have that in uh, Vegas, or not in Vegas, but in Mesquite, Nevada, I was there golfing, and they had, you could walk up to the window, and they actually had live betting. But it was kind of a hard thing to do, because it changed so fast. Yes. So it'd be like, oh, look, good, i got to get up there, and then it would change. You'd be like, it's frozen. <laughs> I, know, I know guys who do it, and one of the reasons I'm fascinated by this topic is I don't know a lot about it, so I like to ask a lot of questions. But I used to work with a guy who um, gambled on his phone all the time, and I was like, is that legal? And he said, I don't know, I just do it. Yeah. But he would bet in-game on, say, a baseball game. If the next play would be a double play, if the next play would be a fly ball. And I'm like, that's insanity. He goes, well, I'm betting two cents at a time. And I'm like, then what's the point? Yeah, but yeah. I'm kind of learning about it. So You can bet on if uh, Tom Brady's first pass in the Super Bowl is going to be a run or yes. is going to be a pass or a run or a yeah. fumble. Um, we got a few minutes left, Brad. There's okay. so many topics. We'll have to have you back. But uh, uh, let's talk about Mizzou and KU and the NCAA. We, oh, we've, kinda, we've talked enough. Of, uh, everyone's talked enough about the Chiefs and the Super Bowl and 
You know, we're not really to the Royals yet. So talk to us about that. That was news that broke last yeah, week. And it, for both it affects, uni- affects both the universities. Both universities, and they happened, I think, within 24 to 48 hours of each other. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty close. And they're two distinct cases. So I know we like to lump them together because it's MU and KU, but they're very different. But still, to me, in both cases, the people being punished the most are the kids. Mm-hmm. It's not... Yeah, I mean, you can look at the university. Okay, let's start with KU. Okay, so their kid um, cannot play. Silvio De Souza cannot play for this season or next season. Mm-hmm. So does it hurt the school? Yeah, because they're down a scholarship player. And one they really could use right now. Right. For Missouri, they're going to be banned from postseason play in football, baseball, and softball. Mm-hmm. Um, does that hurt the school a little bit? Sure. They're also going to be down scholarships, and they have to give 1% of their budget for both for all three football, baseball, and solving, trying to remember all the penalties. But oh, that hurts the school a little bit. Who it really hurts the most is the kids. Mm-hmm. 18, 19, 20. You can say, okay, legal. They weren't there when any of this yeah, happened. Yeah, they were not there when this happened. Yeah. yeah, and you can, okay, by age, they're adult, but they're kids. They're on scholarships. So you take away scholarships from Mizzou. Who does that hurt? I got a kid over here who can't afford to go to college, but he's he can play baseball, or she can play softball, or he can play football. That's gone. That opportunity's gone. Um, in the case of KU with Silvio de Souza, he didn't play that much last year, grew into it, did not play at all this season. He cannot play next season. He's a kid from Angola. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be able to navigate the NCAA rule book. And essentially what they're asking him to do and every other athlete is you need to monitor the cell phones, the emails, the bank accounts, correspondence between every family member you have or guardian and make sure they're not doing the wrong thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Or you have to pay the price. The yeah. kids are hurt the most, and this is egregious. I'm, and and, and for the NCAA uh, let North Carolina off the hook. Ugh. So that's because, why everyone's in up in arms. Yeah, for the fake pay- classes, yeah, yeah. because non-athletes were taking them, therefore it was not an extra benefit. I, I love <laughs> I love the mental and legal gymnastics the NCAA goes through sometimes in these rulings. It's, it's, it's maddening. It's frustrating. Well, we'll see what happens with Mizzou. I know they're appealing that, and it seems to me that all of the national media has really came down hard on Yeah. Jay Billis in particular. Yeah, he did. And I mean, geez, they had everyone. I mean, it's, they're lining up, man. They're, they're going to fight this one. I mean, John Sunball had a great, great oh, uh, statement too. You know, brutal, he's, he's, pretty, but he's pretty normal and he's not, he's not a guy that's bombastic, no. right? So when he came out, it was pretty cool. Um, Brad Porter is our guest. Brad, uh, appreciate you coming on the show today. Sure. Obviously, you're going to be on, you're going to be on the radio all the time. Yeah. Try Nights, to, yeah. weekends, as much as I can. Talking <laughs> sports, uh, 810. I know you're over at 810 AM, correct? Yep. And, uh, you know, we follow you on Twitter at Brad K. Porter. You tweet about sports all the time. Love to have you back. I mean, there's so many different topics we could go, but I appreciate your advice that you shared with folks that want to get into the sports broadcasting world. Anytime. I know it's very competitive and yeah. it's everyone's dream as a kid, male's dream at least, yeah. to uh, to do sports <laughs> talk. And if you can connect with people like Brad or Joel Goldberg or Kevin Harlan, I mean, you can learn a lot. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I love listening to your show, too, because I'll hear you on... Somebody has a software company that's developing a program from like, okay, I don't quite understand it, but, I, but I'm interested in it. I love it. Well, so. I love it. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks See for you on jo- Ruckus, yes, too. Yes, we will. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Grill Nation Show. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.